Hello and welcome to the Empowered, Sensitive and Creative Podcast. My name is Rim. I'm an artist, a certified life coach and an NLP practitioner and the creator of the Empowered, Sensitive and Creative Retreats. Passionate about celebrating joy and beauty in the everyday, especially when things are falling apart, I'm insatiably curious about human nature into the world with reverence, awe and a sense of wonder. Tune in for stories exploring healing through creativity, art, embracing sensitivity and navigating the subconscious mind. I'll talk about the struggles that highly sensitive and creative people face and share my experiences, insights and favorite tools along the way. I'm here to empower you to turn what we often deem to be a curse into your biggest gift. I believe that the more we create together, the more we heal the world. So let's dive in! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered, Sensitive and Creative Podcast. I'm so happy and grateful for you tuning in. Today, I'm joined by Laura Chonlou in a conversation around mastering your energy levels as an HSP and how to raise your energetic vibration so that you can thrive. Laura is a certified transformational coach, core well-being dynamic specialist and energy leadership master practitioner. Not so long ago, she was getting higher on the corporate ladder and lower on the happiness scale. She was feeling constantly exhausted no matter how many hours of sleep she'd get. She started to isolate herself, thinking it would help her recharge her energy, but it only made her feel alone and disconnected from the world. She knew she needed to take action, and here began her journey of self-discovery. Her biggest breakthrough happened when she understood that she was a highly sensitive person and that she had been blaming and fighting against her sensitivity for years instead of embracing it as the gift that it is. Nothing was wrong with her, she was simply experiencing life and the world differently. Had she known that before, she probably wouldn't have reached the point of burnout. And that's what led her to do the work she does now, helping other HSPs to discover, understand and love themselves as they are and create the right strategies to turn their high sensitivity into their biggest strength, avoid burnout and become inspiring leaders for themselves and others. I met Laura through Instagram and we connected instantly. She's a very warm-hearted woman. She's originally from the south of France and I think that impacted her personality because she has a very sunny personality and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this episode. Let's dive in. Hi Laura, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Hi Reem, thank you for inviting me. I'm super happy to be here. Me too, and another Frenchie on the podcast. I'm so glad. I know. <laughs> so tell me, Laura, can you tell me a bit about yourself? Where are you from? Where did you grow up? And where are you now? Yes, of course. So I'm from, I was born in France, next to Montpellier, a little town in, uh, next to Montpellier. And I'm actually, at the moment, I'm in uh, Australia, in Sydney. And in between, I've been moving around a little bit, so I might tell you later how I ended up in, in Sydney, but yeah, that's where I am at the moment, in winter. I think it's so amazing. Like, we're from the same country, 
and yet now I'm based in France right now and you're the other side of the world and it's so nice that we can catch up just like that I it's know, summer that's, for me it's so the morning amazing. for you it's winter and in the evening <laughs> and still and, we're able to connect like this it's so good yes it's so nice and you know it's interesting like Montpellier because my, my family lived in Montpellier for a while so I used to go there on holiday so ah, it's, yeah. it's so nice that you're from around there yes do you know Set? <laughs> yes I love Set. it's a beautiful town so that's where I was born I was born in Set. Yeah, lovely <laughs> lovely lovely um I like to start with some <laughs> little profiling question I know like I truly believe that we are not labels not at all but I love to geek out on all those tools that helps to analyze and see archetypes in, in people mm -hmm. do you know your astrology Capricorn? I'm Capricorn and uh, I do I don't know much about astrology it's something that I'm, I've always been interested in I actually did my birth chart, but to be mm. very honest with you, I wouldn't be able to tell you much details. I, but I have all the notes. I should go back to my, to my notes actually. But yeah, I'm a Capricorn, a very, I think, typical Capricorn, if you can say. Okay. Can you tell me more? You know, my South node is Capricorn, so I am familiar a little bit. Uh, but can you share a bit Who more is Capricorn, about that? Sorry? I have the south, but maybe you're not familiar, but in, in the astrology, we have the south node and the north node, which is like, I, I don't ah, know yes, exactly what it is, yes. but the south node is like the inherited karma, something like that, like what we were born familiar with. And the north node is mm -hmm. what we're supposed to go towards, like the lessons we're supposed to learn. And my south node is Capricorn, which means like, okay, for the first part of my life, the cap, like, Capricorn things are quite familiar to me. So I'm curious. Okay. I actually, like, now you. that you're saying that, I remember that one of my uh, nodes is Sagittarius. So I'm, I'm moving towards Sagittarius, I think. Towards Sagittarius. Um, but yeah. you, you make me want to, to get more in details in like to go back to my birth chart, but uh, Capricorn are very, um, like we are serious. We are very work orientated. We are very focused and we are hard workers. So that I took like, I have this big side of me. Um, but I also have a big, like, I don't know if it's actually very Capricorn of me or maybe it's more Sagittarius. Um, but I'm, I'm a dreamer. So I've always, I don't, I don't like to stay, uh, in the tracks. And even though I, I need structure, I've like, Basically, I ended up here because I didn't, I decided I didn't want to follow uh, the path that everybody told me to take. Um, so, but this is actually something not so Capricorn of me. <laughs> so I believe that I have two sides and I'm maybe a bit, uh, they're maybe a bit fighting each other. Yeah. In astrology, there's the sun sign, which is the main one, like the one, you know, Capricorn. And then we have the, well, there are so many signs, so many influences, but there is also the, like for me, what I understand, the three main ones are the sun, the ascendant and the moon. So it could yes. be that your moon is uh, cancer, for example, or your ascendant is cancer or, or Pisces. I say that because a lot of highly sensitive people have some sort of water energy in their chart. And yeah. this is the, the sign energy linked to sensitivity, emotions most of the time, oh, and therefore okay. dreaming as well. 
for example, I'm a Taurus sun, so I have a lot of Taurus things, but my moon is in Pisces and my ascendant is Cancer, so I have two water signs in the main chart, which okay. means that's, that's where I get my totally dreamy, daydreaming dreamy. side or nice. I, yeah, idealistic side and very emotional side. These are, it comes from my water signs. Yeah. So, okay. It's good it to know be, that I, I will, I will let you know later after that, I will go back to my notebook and I will let you know. I, I want to know more about that actually. You, you French, you were, you were born in France. You like the first years of your life, you grew up in France. And then you moved. Until, you until actually, the I was. I moved. Yeah, I moved when I was. I moved to Guadeloupe when I was nine, and then I went back to, for one year and a half, and then I came back to France until I was eighteen. And it's only when I was eighteen that I moved to New Caledonia with my parents and my sister. So New Caledonia, for like, if if not everybody knows where it is, it's a very very tiny island, not too far from Australia. It's only two hours and a half. Uh, so I lived there for 10 years. I went back and forth. Like I lived uh, back in France for my studies. And then when I was around 27, I, I decided to go on a working holiday in Australia, in Sydney. And it was supposed to be one year and I never came back. I mean, I went back for holidays, but I, now I'm, a, I'm, I'm an Australian citizen. So I'm planning to make my life in, in Australia. Yes, it's been two years now. And how long have you been in Australia altogether? 10 years. 10 years. Wow. And like, yeah. you don't, f the idea of staying in the same place for a long time, longer time doesn't, like, how do you feel well, about that since you've been like, yeah. And... So I, I, because my partner is, Braz is Brazilian, um, my family is in, UK, is in New Caledonia. I don't think I will stay forever in Australia, but knowing that I can go and come back anytime because I'm a citizen, it's a very reassuring because Australia is a beautiful place to live. It's uh, like, I feel very lucky to, to be here, um, but I'm not, I'm not close to the idea to maybe go and live in Brazil for a few years. Uh, once I have a family and uh, maybe my partner will want to stay a bit closer to his family at some point. So yeah, I, I guess that having been used to move a lot, uh, it makes me a bit more flexible and uh, open to the idea to, to move again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it feels much less scary because I hear some people saying, oh, I would and love to, to move abroad or I would love to, but it's so difficult. It's so scary. Yeah. And you know how it is because you've been, you've been traveling a lot as well. Right. So once you've, you've done it once you realize that it's like a, it's a, it's not that scary in the end. Like you, you learn so much about yourself and you know that you can do it again and again. And, uh, it's just a matter of, do you want to, do you want to do it again? That's it. But yeah. you know, you can. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, human beings are the same everywhere. Of course, there are some cultural differences. But really, in the essence, I found, well, people are people. What do you think? Yeah. And if you, once you learn how to connect uh, and make new relations, create new relationships, it's not that scary to decide to go somewhere where you don't know anybody because you know that you have the ability to create those connections where, wherever you are. Yeah, that's true. Something I've noticed for me, um, 
I feel like almost I feel more comfortable abroad than in France, than in my country. Somehow, maybe because I've why? been used to be Tell the foreigner. Yeah, I'm used to be the ah. foreigner. I feel like I've always been the foreigner, even though like when I'm when I, I'm in France now, it's different. But when I was young, I felt foreigner because I'm bicultural. So I felt like in France, I'm I'm Tunisian. I'm seen as the Tunisian or as the different one. Mm -hmm. And that was when I was a child. And now I'm the different one because I lived abroad and I work in English, for example. So when I speak, very often I'm confusing English and French. Like I'm, I'm kind of Franklishing mm -hmm. my way. So sometimes it feels a bit weird. Mm -hmm. And when I was in Tunisia, uh, because like ah, physically, that's, I look so where, I, I look where do you? That's yeah. why. That's I think so that's why. Where do you, feel I can, you actually belong? I belong to everywhere. Uh, for me, I'm a bit French. Yeah. I'm a bit Tunisian. I lived in London in my twenties. Or I'm a bit English, British. I'm not British. Like I know the Brits will say, "Oh, how dare you say that? You're not from our country." <laughs> no, but I. In what I mean house. is living. Living there has influenced me. I, I bring something from that culture and, and my life there, my experience there in me. That's what I mean. Like I, it's not the nationality for me. It doesn't really matter. It's what I learn or what I experience there. And like I lived with an Italian man at that time. So I'm a little bit Italian too in my heart. Like I have something from that culture. <laughs> and then I lived in China exactly. for many years. So I do have a little bit of Chinese culture and the international experience I had there within me. That's how I feel. I don't know if it's because I'm a... I have this like is it something about the HSP and this empathy and this ability to maybe absorb yeah maybe and, because uh, you absorb so much how do you feel like you 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 lived in many in different countries your partner is from Brazil so, do you feel also like that like you you absorb a little bit of these different cultures so yeah, definitely yeah. it's funny because I never really like I I always say I feel Brazilian even though I feel like a part of me or maybe one of, in one of my past lives, I was Brazilian because I feel so connected to the people and the culture. Even though I've only been to Brazil five weeks, um, most of my friends are Brazilians and I relate so much. So I actually felt home when I was in Brazil. Um, I feel like I, I feel home. I can feel home wherever I go. Um, I do feel French. I don't really feel Australian. I think it's more like a, I, I, because the culture is very, very different. So, and also my accent is so obvious that wherever I go, people are telling me, oh, you're French straight away. So it's hard to actually feel like I'm Australian. So, but what you're saying is it makes so much sense because we never stopped growing. And those years of traveling, we, we, we kept growing and, and basically we grew up absorbing different kind of culture and knowing different kind of people so yes maybe because we are highly sensitive and uh, some of us are empaths uh, we do absorb so much that we identify to the people and the country we are in um, but if you ask me where i'm where is home i would say home is where my my family is and my partner like the people i love the most uh, so it can change all the time <laughs> right yeah but, but i feel home in australia i feel home in sydney and uh, i don't actually i maybe i don't feel that much home in in, in france anymore because i i in like the past seven years i've been there once so it's a very short amount of time so you would feel like a foreigner over the in france a little bit 
ah, it's of. a bit it's a bit pushing it, but uh, I, I wouldn't say I, I would feel on a holiday. And what makes me feel home is the is the people that I meet there. You know? Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, the people. Yeah, that's that's, that's so interesting. The concept of home. Yes. It reminds me of something you said. One of our initial conversation. You you told me. You know, Rim, I think I'm an extrovert, but because I'm a highly sensitive person, I feel the need to go inwards more than regular, like regular, like non-HSP extroverts. And I don't know, that makes me think, I think the concept of home is super important for HSPs because like for me, like home is where I feel good in my skin, where I feel good in me. Like a bit earlier when I we, we talked just before recording, I told you this past two weeks, I had a lot going on in my health, family stuff, technical problem with the computer and stuff. And I felt the need to go inwards to, I, I came back into my shell. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it's what? like my shell is my home. Like I, I can home. also feel uh-huh. at home when I'm talking to others, but like my home, like in a way, like my regenerative home. And I go back into my shell so I can process and and rest and kind yeah. of I love that concept. Myself. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And I, I totally relate to what you're saying. It's it's very true. We that's why we need this uh, sec- it's like a sacred space that we can have we can have it inside of us and we can also have it like let's say this this office where I'm talking from now, it's my little sanctuary as well. So yeah, it's. It, I agree. It's very important for highly sensitive people to have a sense of home and roots, even though we are all over the place and moving, and we don't really want to have like a, a root that is holding us back. But we do need to have a sense of home, and uh, and uh, that's maybe why I don't know how you are, but I'm very much into my 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 home and and creating like uh, you know nice lights and uh, a cozy environment because. When I come home, that's where I, I feel the best, you know, like I, I recharge and I, I feel safe there. Uh, and maybe it has to do with the fact that I was moving a lot as well. So maybe not only the high sensitivity, but as a child moving a lot, I needed to have a sense of, okay, this is my space and I can create my space wherever I am because that's where I I go in wild. Yeah, that's true. Maybe also moving as a kid does shape us in having a stronger need uh i feel like you always need to make my home good wherever i am for me i'm very sensitive to my environment i need to feel like yeah i'm sensitive to energies i'm sensitive to beauty to style to comfort <laughs> i like comfort <laughs> uh, me so too I, I need, so much yeah i need coziness i need comfort I, I'm, I'm not saying i need uh, like comfort can be something simple it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. huge like i don't need to be couch potato to feel down roots <laughs> makes me think it's funny you know trees you know how trees have their roots in the yeah. soil in the earth and like actually that their, their roots go down so deep that under the earth like many trees like even if uh, on the surface we think they are quite far away but under the the earth their roots they connect because in... sometimes yeah, yeah 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 their roots are so big and they are so long and they intertwine underneath and it made me think about like when we travel all over the place 
yeah, maybe like I'm in France or in Australia, <laughs> really far, but we have roots, like our roots are much deeper than what we think they are. That's what I mean. And we can connect. Yeah, maybe, and... we have, maybe we have energetical roots, whatever, down, down deep into the earth and they connect as well. <laughs> Who knows? For sure. For sure. But I, I really believe, and that's the, those roots, as you, as we're talking, we can see them as connection and, and things that just like those connections that we can make so far away. Yeah. That's, uh, that's part of our genetic, like, uh, how do you call those trees? Like, um, how do you call oh, this tree that you do when you're like, the, 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 the family like, tree? The family tree, maybe the family tree is much bigger than what we think. It's not so, just about the family, but you know, it's all the connection so. that we we make. But maybe I'm going a bit far. <laughs> no, I don't know. I believe in that, and I, I've, I've, I'm wondering. Sometimes I feel maybe maybe it's me. I'm totally. <laughs> I, I wonder. Is it something that highly sensitive people are more sensitive to? <laughs> I feel like somehow when we are very well, sensitive, we are more sensitive. We can see or feel or sense. Maybe it, 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 it's not something we see with the eyes, but you know what I mean? Like it's like this perception. Maybe we are more, maybe this is something about empathy. We have this ability to see connections or these invisible roots. Do you know what I mean? Like we can sense yeah. these ramifications I, I... between... So do you, do you actually, it's interesting because I, I've listened to something recently uh, and someone was saying that um, she was not highly sensitive, but she was, uh, she was, I'm sorry, she was uh, explaining that she was autistic and, oh. but you know, there is different kind of autism. And as a child, she used to see connection, like lines, actual lines between people when she was entering a room. But because she was a child and she didn't, uh, she thought everybody could see that, you know? So until one day, yes, it's, it's so interesting. Until one day she realized that no, not everybody was able to see those lines. And she started to not see those lines anymore as she grew up. But she was actually saying exactly what you're saying. Like she could see the connection and she could say, like she would enter a room and she could say, Ah, so um, you you and this person you don't get along, or this person hates this person. You know, she could tell the relationship between people, and she understood at some age that she, she it was not a good thing for her to to say those things to people. It was not socially acceptable. So she started to keep it all those things for for herself. How interesting is that? Maybe she could see. Yeah, she thing. could see. Yeah, it's like Avatar, you know, in Avatar, they, they touch yeah. they touch on that as well. Like you can see the connection with, between the trees and uh, you, you see what's happening and like the connection with everything. That's so interesting. So definitely high sensitivity. I think like there is this, this capacity, this ability to sense uh, maybe to a deeper level than other people that are not highly sensitive. Being able to see what links us as humans, being able to understand people's emotions, being able to understand people's situation, what they go through, being able to understand mm -hmm. dynamics between people, the energy in the room. You see what I mean? Like Definitely. I wanted to ask you, let's dive in into your your experience and, and your work and how did yeah. you, because now you're in Sydney and 
you work as a coach for highly sensitive people. How did you get here? Like, what is your journey? How did you decide to move to Sydney? You said briefly before, but like, how did it happen? And how did you become a coach? I think you had another career before. So uh, I'm going to try to make this story as short as I can. But uh, to start with why I decided to move to Australia, I think it was because when I was 27, I had this feeling, I had a breakup after seven years relationship. And I was uh, starting my career in marketing and communication. And because I moved uh, with my parents and every time I moved, it was never my decision. At this point in my life, I felt that I wanted to take a dec- make a decision for myself and go somewhere because I wanted to go there, not because I was I had to go because I was following my my family. So that was my first motivation. Uh, my sister was actually in Sydney at this time uh, studying, so I came here to visit her. I loved Sydney, and I decided to take a working holiday just to have this experience and thinking maybe. I will at least I will learn English in one year and then I can come back if I want to New Caledonia and we'll see. And what happened is um, I also because I needed something a bit bigger because the the island New Caledonia is very, very tiny. So after a while, you know, everyone, you, you've been everywhere and you you just have that you repeat, you know, it's every day looks a bit the same, even though it's beautiful. For this age, it was a bit boring for me. So I needed something bigger. And um, so that's when I arrived here, I really loved Sydney. Sydney is beautiful. So it was very vibrant, but also there was like the nature side that I really love. So you, you, can, you can have both lifestyles, you know, mm-hmm. you can, if you want to be busy and be in the city and party, you can do that. If you want to retreat and be in the wildness, you can do that as well. Uh, so I ended up staying and look like, look, I needed a visa, right. To stay in Australia, which is not an easy task. Uh, so the first four years of my experience, I was focused on finding a sponsor and then, uh, getting my residency. And that led me to change a little bit my career. So I had to take a job that was not really what I wanted to do, but that was the job that would get me the residency. And that's what led me eventually to a burnout because I worked for in, in a field that I had no real interest in for a long time. And it was a very high pace environment. It was a very stressful environment because it was uh, um, building insurances. So basically we were taking care of uh, people who were in, in trouble after a big storm, after uh, an environmental catastrophe. So it was high uh, pressure environment and being highly sensitive at the time, I had no idea. I didn't know about being highly sensitive. I just knew, I thought that was my, like everybody experienced the the world as I did. Um, So I took on a lot of the stress. I was overwhelmed all the time. I didn't have the tools and the strategies to actually release the overstimulation to take care of myself because I'm an extrovert, highly sensitive extrovert. I was living an extrovert life, but I didn't have the tools to deal with my high sensitivity and, and my empath side. So, uh, I was single, I was dating, I was meeting a lot of people. I was, um, living this exciting I, life, but I, I, have, I, didn't... I have a question for of you. Course. Sorry, because I'm an introvert. 
uh, I think I identify more as an introvert and I don't know like uh, my list, our listeners, are they more introvert or extrovert, but in case they are also more introverts, can you just say a bit more about an extrovert life? What does it mean? Like, so like? I would yeah. say, uh, bear, bear in mind that I'm an extrovert, but I'm highly sensitive. So I, it's completely different than an extra. An extrovert in non-highly sensitive is someone who's going to find energy and recharge their energy in contact with people, right? Yeah. So that and they they would be the people who are um, like they love they like attention. They like to be the clown of the party, the life of the party. For me, it's a bit different. Like I, I don't recharge with people. So when I'm surrounded by people, I give a lot of energy, but I, after a while, I feel drained and I need to be by myself to recharge. And I believe that's yeah. my high sense, highly sensitive trait that does that. Yeah. Because this being said, I like, um, you know, I, I, I like to uh, in a party. I like to make sure that everybody is fine and uh, to animate a little bit. So I believe that's a bit of my extrovert side, but it's very challenging to deal with that side when you are highly sensitive because you're constantly balanced between the need to be alone and wanting to connect with people. You know, uh, I feel like as time grows and I'm, as I'm getting older, my extrovert side is going a bit lower and my highly sensitive side is taking over a little bit. So I'm much, I'm a bit more inside I'm, I'm less uh but also uh, because i was single you know it's also i'm, I'm living a different life as well I'm, I'm getting out less all of those things i don't know if that answers your question i don't know like i'm wondering like maybe it's because i'm not a super 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 introvert because i see some uh, I, I hear people saying like as introvert they really 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 need to be alone they would always say no like they don't like to go out they don't like to go to parties and all of that and personally, I don't relate with that. I like to go out. I don't like to go out every day, mm. all the time. But I like to meet new people. Okay. I'm, in a way, I'm social, but I don't like to be the life. I don't like to be the center. I like to pay attention. I like to make sure everybody's happy. Uh, sort of. Uh, so I, I, that's why I'm just curious. Because I, I know I'm not an extrovert. I was wondering, what is an extrovert life? What does it feel like? I'm not the definition of an extrovert, like yeah. definitely not because, because of the highly sensitivity of the, of the high sensitivity, I believe. But of course, I believe that there are levels of introvert, you know, like, as you said, you you have this uh, tendency to want to connect and you do say yes to a party here and then, uh, and same for me, like I, at the moment I'm more. I'm saying no more often than I'm saying yes to parties, you know? So, and also I think we go in phases in our life. With, As yeah, you said, you don't like cycles. labels. Yeah. 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 Like maybe we go from introvert cycles and then an extra, more extrovert cycle. Like maybe we are, we are a bit both at the same time. Yeah, I, I believe so. I believe so. But perhaps it's also that for you, maybe I think, I think there is an, um, uh, what do they call it? Ambivert. I'm not sure if this term exists, but it's not yeah. black or white. Mm -hmm. It's not black and white, black or white. You know, it's yeah. not like some people are a little bit more fluid, let's say, but maybe it's like for you, maybe I'm wrong, but like you need to be alone, but maybe the idea of being with people is less draining for you than those who are really, really introvert. Really yes, and also like much... I, in my mind, 
introvert like would have a lot of struggle to speak like, to to speak in uh, in a little group or you know they would be much more thinking about things without saying what they have to they want to say or because they don't really want to say those things they're happy to just think i'm i i like to talk so if yeah, i'm yeah. deciding to go somewhere i'm gonna go there and i'm i'm, I'm gonna participate basically even if it's so a big group, I, a I think that's group. yeah no i would i would um it's hard i would say if it's a big group I, I might find a little I, I might make the little the group a bit smaller and wait for a time where I feel a bit more safe. Uh but I, I will probably participate, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. That's interesting, yes. Yes, yes. Maybe introverts mm -hmm. tend to be more in the head. In yeah. A, in a in a setting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so and, when you think that life, going out, and, dating and and then like having this job very demanding and then at some point i got my residency which was amazing so that was the goal of like after four years of struggle i finally got it and at this moment when i got it it was like all the pressure came down and i had to stay in this job where i didn't have the goal like the motivation of the residency anymore so i was staying in this job and i had no purpose over there and uh, purpose, finding purpose in what you do is very, very important for highly sensitive people. Uh, whether it's in your career or in your relationships, we need to have a meaning to make sense of things. And I didn't have that at this moment. And I, I believe that's what started to make me like work towards burnout. And after one year of staying there, because that's, I needed to stay there because that was the deal way. So I found a way within this year to be promoted and to change the job, but stay in the same company. So I was honoring my deal, but I was staying in the, like I was changing a little bit of my environment. And unfortunately at this time it was a bit too late and I already had reached a point of overstimulation where I was getting sick all the time. I had a uh, whooping cough, which is coqueluche in French. I had glandular fever at some point. So my immune system was very weak. And when I just was, uh, and when I was just about to start this um, new job, I couldn't get out of the bed. So I, I was completely burnt out and I decided to quit the job because I couldn't function. Like I couldn't listening to the phone ringing was triggering so much anxiety. I couldn't deal with any amount of stress. So I was really in the middle of the burnout. Um, so when that happened, I left everything I had in Sydney. I left my apartment. I sold all of my furniture, everything. And I went back to, I went to uh, Bali for Ayurvedic retreat. That was uh, like, I think it's, it's, it was really what I needed at this time. And uh, thanks to that, I, it didn't take me as much time as I, it would have taken me to recover from the burnout because this place was so special and they also worked on all my uh, inside, you know, so they, Ayurveda, I don't know if you're familiar, are you familiar with Ayurveda? A little bit. So that's uh, the science of the, like the medicine of the, like body, mind and spirit are all connected and it's all going through food, basically. Yeah. And that's what they did. It was like a resetting my entire system yeah. 
pressing a button, erasing everything and resetting everything. So I did that retweet for uh, 15 days, 12 days. And then I came back to Australia and I was completely, I was in a completely different level of energy. I, I was approaching life completely differently. So I was healing. So it was the beginning of a healing journey. And then a lot of different things happened. COVID happened. I met, I met my partner from like, uh, that I, I'm, with, uh, I'm, I'm with at the moment. And um, I started to work a lot on myself. I, I read a lot of books. I did a lot of meditation that I've never done before. And slowly, slowly, I started to understand what I wanted to do um, and what I was meant for. And what I wanted to do was to help people and slowly at this time, I started to understand that I was highly sensitive. So it was everything happening at the same time, which helped me to really find my purpose and to decide, okay, I'm not going to go back to the corporate world. I'm going to do something. I'm going to create my own business where I can actually help people. And that's when I went into a coaching training um, of one year. And then slowly I built my business and I, I, it took me time to really I understand what was the, my audience, like the people I wanted to help, but eventually it was highly sensitive people. So I try to make it short, but yeah, basically that's what, that's what no. took me to uh, changing it's, career. It's, it's great. It's interesting. So, okay. I have a lot of points that, <laughs> sorry, that's <laughs> fine. So great. So you met your partner before you did all this transformational work, right? Like you did the retreat, it's already, it was, it, it was already a change, but you were not at the level you are now. Like you were still searching, you were still searching, right? I was still searching, kind but of. I met him and that's, that's very interesting. Like, I mean, we could have another one hour and a half, but for eight years I was single and all of my, my relationships, they were not working out. I believe because I was not in a, in the right space in my, in my energy, like my energy was not, uh, where, it, where it was when I came back. And when I came back, I was really feeling free. I was feeling free from so much. Like, I think I was feeling free from myself and my own expectations. And only one month after I came back, I met him and I took the relationship completely differently. I, I didn't put the pressure that I usually put on other relationships. I was feeling very confident in myself and uh, I was very much in the moment and embracing what life had to give me at this moment without even asking though, for anything. And that's... If, yeah, even though you didn't have a career right then, back then, because you were totally I changing. You. I, I didn't, you didn't have, have a, a home, job right? at, at that point. You didn't have a job. I had, you didn't have a salary. You, you did you have a home? I I had a I had a home because I luckily that's why you, the universe is very interesting because when you 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 took a decision that was right for you and you and when your energy start and your mindset starts changing, you create like you manifest your life. So at this moment when I was in Bali, I had no idea where to come back when I was coming back to Australia and then my one of my good friends Brazilian called me one day and said hey what when are you coming back because I um, my my flatmate just told me he's leaving on the first of November and the first of November was exactly the day I was coming back so I said 
okay, well, I'm taking the room. And it's, it was a house in Bondi Beach by the ocean with a view on the ocean. And it was, it's always been my dream to have a view on the ocean. So I, I came back to Australia living a life that I never thought was possible because it was a very like, uh, um, how do you call it? It was not a fancy house, but it was a happy house. Uh, with a lot of dogs, like living by the ocean in the middle of summer. So everything was working for me. And, and then I met, I met Pedro and it was also, a, you know, a concours de circonstance. I don't know how, like a sequence of events that led me to meet Synchronicity? That if, say exactly, synchronicity. So all those, uh, to met Pedro. him one day. And, and yeah, and from them, I went, uh, because of all of that um, shift in myself, I started, I was able to actually explore deeper and really ask myself, okay, the right questions. And the universe is funny this way. It tests you, it tests you as well. So the universe tested me and I failed the test because when I came back, I had an opportunity. Someone just gave me a job and told me, look, you should try, you should apply, not gave me, but you should apply. It's a, it's a job like in a su amazing company and it was uh, in human resource. And I thought, okay, it's still corporate. I don't know if I want to do that, but maybe I should because it's, it's an opportunity, right? So I started, I started to convince myself that it was right because it was in human resource. So that would get me closer Safe. to the human side. It's like the course, reasonable thing to do, right? Reasonable. It was a reason exactly. It was a reasonable thing. So I did yeah, the interview. Yeah. I got the job. I started the job, and I was miserable in the job again. And then COVID happened, and I lost the job because I was in a in a how do you call like a trial? Like it was a six yeah. months uh, period of a blessing in disguise that you got laid off, right? Exactly. COVID like was the thing that pushed me out of this door. And that's when I, I thought, okay, now I'm taking it seriously. Now I'm going to follow this instinct. And, uh, and then I, I, and I follow through. And, uh, after you took a risk, two years after I was, I took the risk and two years after I was starting my business. So that's, that's what two happened. Years. Okay. It took you two years. So that's interesting. One year of training and then to be able to start the business really uh, like one year and a half, maybe. Yeah. At least sometimes because. Like so, many, so often people think, well, I need to be perfect or I need to have everything before I can meet the, the right partner, for example. I need to have the right job. I need to have money or I need to have all of that to meet the right partner or to live my dream life or to be happy. <laughs> I need to have this, that, this and that and this and that before, da, 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 which is uh -huh. not true. Like you met him, you didn't have everything figured out you were just following i had nothing i had nothing figured out but i was happy so i was free yeah the, like maybe that's maybe that's the secret maybe the, the the answer is you don't need to have everything figured out to be happy you need to be happy to start to figure out things and attracting the, the things that you really want in your life because the energy like what you vibrate is what you attract right so if you if you're not happy you're not going to attract you're going to attract the same kind of energy that you have and that you resonate if you're happy and you're on a high level of energy then you're going to attract the same kind of people that's true and also i think 
that's where true empowerment lies. It's very tempting to rest, to depend on whatever external of you to be happy. But then like if you have the great job, the great house, the great partner, great health, I mean, all of that are amazing things, of course, like part of the uh, pleasures of life. But if it's removed from you, if something like COVID, it happened to many people, you lose your partnership, you lose the job, you lose the house. Maybe you health, you get mm -hmm. a bit sick. Or, and then, so what does it mean? Then, yeah. then you don't deserve to be happy. Then, then you're lost and you have nothing because you lost some stuff from outside of you. It's it's like, oh uh -huh. my God, then you can, It's I feel like it's like being in, a, in this hamster wheel, always trying to get something and, so that you can yeah. feel fine. It's always outside it's, of you. And it's so scary to think about, like, if your happiness relies on only things that can be taken away from you, that's so fragile, yeah. you know, like, exactly. it's very scary. So what you want is really, it's, it's working from, from the inside towards uh, the outside to make sure that you have this ground in yourself and you have this place in yourself that you can always go back to no matter what happens. And I, I mean, obviously life is not a, you know, it's not a la la land and you're gonna have everybody, like even the, the most, the happiest people, they have their moment of down, but that's very important to take the time to really look inside, to be able to build this happiness from the inside, even if it's flexible, even if it's not always hype, but to be able to not rely on the opposite. And when, when you look at some, like often you see in movies, like everywhere in the world, you see people that the people who have the less, sometimes are, they look like the happiest people on, on earth. Like you go and you travel and you meet people that they have not even one, one tenth of what you have as a, as a European and they're happy. And, uh, and we can complain about little things and not having what we like this last thing and so yeah i'm going off track but i no, i agree <laughs> and i think that's what travels also bring this kind of sense of humility and uh, learning yeah. to be grateful for what we have since we are talking about energy feeling being in the yeah. good energy i think energy is not being a good energy doesn't mean being happy all the time because there is no. room for all kinds of emotions as a human being. Yes. What do you think? Exactly. Okay. Can you tell me more about that? Like experience with that, yeah. your beliefs, what is being an energy, what is energy leadership and, um, and yeah. all of that. So with pleasure, because I love talking about energies and I, thanks to my training, I, I'm an uh, energy leadership practitioner. So. I work with all of my coaches. Uh, I work with energies. And what I'm offering is um, uh, an energy assessment because all of us, we, uh, every day that we wake up, we have a choice. We can make a choice and we have the choice between seven different levels of energy. And each of those levels of energy, you can, you can think of a, a scale like this and you have the level one here and then the level seven going up. So from, from down to up and all of those levels we experience every day on a daily basis, we, we navigate through all of the levels. So when, when, what I do with my coaches is that I, I have an assessment, which can give you a report of a picture 
of how much of each level of energy they have at a specific time. And that's called the energetic vibration. And when we talk about energetic vibration, what does that mean is energetic, your energetic vibration is like um, the way you're going through life and what you resonate to other people. It doesn't mean that there is a bad or a good level because all of the levels, they have their utility. Uh, it just means that if you're not conscious about any of those levels, you can feel like a victim of your emotions and of your thoughts and of your energy all of the time. What I want, what I'm working with is to raise the consciousness and the awareness of my, my coaches about around their energetic vibration. So they understand a bit better what energy levels are available to them, what energy, what energy levels they tend to go to most of the time, because we all have a tendency and how they can actually improve and raise their energetic vibration. Our thoughts create our emotions and create and lead us to action, right? And that is what is going to create, that, that is what's going to define which level of energy you are in, okay? So for example, if you think that, if I think I'm a victim all the time and I always lose, I'm, I have this thought that creating an energy level number one, okay? And if I go through life thinking this all the time and I stay in my level one of energy, not very much is going to happen and my, my life satisfaction is going to be very low. Whether, but if I know, if I have the awareness and I know that I'm in this level and I have a choice, I have the choice to get out of this level and to create a different level of energy that's going to, that's going to help me to actually produce and be happier, then I can, I can at some point get out of this level. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I know it's a bit abstract. No, yeah. I mean, yes, I, but so, personally, I totally believe in energy, so it totally makes sense. Totally. Yeah, That's and so the, po the whole point of this, this assessment is to, uh, for like, you have an assessment and you, you see this report, like it's a detailed report, personalized report, and then for one hour and a half, about two hours sometimes, we go through all of the different levels for you. What do they mean for you and how do they show up in your life on a daily basis? And from that, you're going to have so much awareness and so much consciousness about your own energy and you're going to start to create the tools that you need to get out of the lowest level when you need to and go up. Because sometimes we do need to get into the lowest level. Sometimes that's what we need. It's just a matter of have, knowing that whenever you decide to you can get out of the lowest level can you give an example like a practical example when one would need to be in the level one yeah so level one is um so for example level one is a level where you can let's say okay i'm going to give an example with two different levels level four is the level of some the helper so highly sensitive people, often they have a lot of level four energy because they're, they're so worried about everyone else. They, they have so much empathy, so they take care. And the people pleasing plays here, you know. So the level four energy, it's a beautiful, it's already a high level. Um, we have, I mean, now I'm getting into details, but there is two kinds of energy. There is catabolic energy, which is the two lowest level on the, on the spectrum. And then there is anabolic energy. And the difference between those two energies 
is catabolic energy is the energy that's going to drain your energy. It's going to take energy away from you. Anabolic energy is energy that's going to recharge your energy. So the more anabolic energy you have, the more energy you get. So that's the difference between two kinds. When you, are, you have a lot of level four, you are already in an anabolic energy, which is beautiful. It's, it's, it's wonderful. But if you don't take care of yourself, at some point, you might feel like you're taking care of everybody, but no one is taking care of you. And at this moment, puff, you're going to drop into the level one energy, which is nobody's taking care of me. I'm going to give up. I just want, I don't want to see anybody. And, that, and sometimes that's exactly what you need. Isn't it also the energy of why does it always happen to me? Why are yeah. people always... Why does it happen? Exactly. Yeah. The victim. Yeah. That's the victim. So, so this is to explain sometimes you do need to stay one day, two days on the couch and watch TV. Sometimes you need to do that, you know. And or cry. It's okay. Or you need to cry. You need to put a good side movie and cry. Sometimes you need to be in this level one. But what's important is to consciously decide to be there, not to be a victim of your energy, you know? And that's what's, what's going to make the difference between you staying for one day on the couch, recharging, and you staying for a few weeks depressed and not doing anything and not seeing anyone. That's what makes a difference. For example, another moment that you, can, you want to choose a level, a lower level is level two is a level of, uh, it's like the conflict And that's where anger is, is, a, is the most dominant emotion. And sometimes you need to be angry. Sometimes the, the right response for you in the moment, not on a long term, but on a moment, is to actually be angry. That's yeah. the way. That's your solution. So you can decide to, to be in this level for this moment consciously. That's a, there is a difference between doing that and being completely overwhelmed with anger And bursting into screaming and, and uh, you know, like being violent with words or physically without having any control around that. And that's what makes the difference between understanding your energy levels and your energetic vibration and the purpose and the, 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 the impact that each level can have in your life and not knowing any of that. And that's what I do. That's why I'm, I'm so into this uh, this. Uh, this part of the job that I do because it's, it's such a massive transformation for everybody. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I feel like lately I feel all of these energies, but I was not aware that this existed as a therapeutic. It's a, I would say it's a bit like it's between, it's a bit of a science as well, if you think about it, because it's a lot of numbers and it's a chart. So yeah, but, but then how do we like if for someone who's been used to be, who is used to be the victim, who is level one, And then mm -hmm. they take, they start to take the habit to watch, to, to be aware of the energy. How can they stop this victim pattern, this victim mindset? Do you know, because it could be like they could use it to beat themselves. Like, oh, yeah. I'm a witch. Why can I not change my energy? How, why is it so hard? Oh my God, I always get it wrong. Even though I'm working on myself. I still cannot manage to get to level four, level five, level six, you know, this kind of thing. I, I suspect yeah. some, it, it could be, it could happen like that. <laughs> well, I would say like, firstly, like this level 
if someone is not keen and willing to really make a change, they won't even do this test. So from the minute someone calls me and, and wants to work with me, they already make a decision to make a change. When they, when they learn about their level of energy, obviously it might take time. If someone is very much into the level one energy, that's something that's been, they've been carrying for a long time. So it's, it's a comfort zone, right? But then we're going to work together. We're going to work together. And I, I also have the, the awareness of their level of energy. So I can, after this session, I can use the energy and speak this language and say, look, this is what, what level of energy do you think you are right now? And they're going to say, ah, oh, yeah, like I'm level one. And, and then they realize, once they, they understand that in this level, nothing happens, they decide. Why are you here today? You're here because you want to transform your life. You're here because you want to make things differently now. So what, this, what do you need to do in order to, to get there? And most of the time, they don't stay here. So it might take a while. It might take patience. And I'm not saying that they will never go back there, but they create, I, I'm here to help them to create the tools to go there as little as they can and to get out of there as fast as they can. So the awareness helps them to realize that they have the choice and that they have within them, like, is it like we all have within us all the, all the ranges? We can have, we have number one, two, three, four, five, seven. We have all of these, all of these levels of energy yeah. within us. And we have the choice to pick the one yeah. we want to, exactly. to, to feel. Exactly. Yeah. And also, so there is two things important here. The first one is because obviously we didn't talk about all of the levels, but when I have this session with them, they, we explore the highest levels and they, they, they identify those highest levels. Even if they are not getting there very often, we can identify how they can get there. So that means they're also aware of how to get to the highest level. That's one thing because they, they know they, they can pinpoint some experiences that create those high level of energy. They know how to reproduce. And also you said it yourself, from the minute that you know that you have a choice, you're not a victim anymore because you have a choice. Being a victim, it's feeling that you have no choice, but because you know that you have a choice, then you get out of that because that's not true anymore. So it's, there is a lot of work around it and it's a lot of mindset shift and there is some work to do during this session and after, uh, but that's, that's how it works and it does work. Yeah. I, I hear a lot of, like, I think a lot of, like the big thing I see amongst HSP is my high sensitivity is a curse. I'm, I'm sure you've heard so, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe you and that's, felt that's, that so that's well? actually, actually, I never felt this way. I, I'm so lucky to say that, I know, um, because I know so many highly sensitive people, they have this experience because they've been told that, you know, that something was wrong. Luckily, I, I, never, I was never told that. I felt different, but I never really felt uh, like that's my... I was always kind of proud of my sensitivity. I, I always felt like it was giving me something, a little bonus, something like I, I loved this part of me, even when I didn't know what it was. 
Um, but that's that's one of the first thing I work I work with my my coaches is to to teach them how to see their sensitivity in a different light. And and yeah, and then and then often when we get to this point in the process of the energy levels, their relationship with their sensitivity is very connected to their level of energy, for sure. Highly sensitive trait can be seen as a level seven. Oh, um, I, I, it's not really, it's not working like that. But for example, you, the high intuition, the connection to the nature, the connection to the universe and, and being in the moment and being amazed by the little things, that's definitely level seven, six, seven. So that's something that uh, actually highly sensitive people, they, they have a lot of access to those highest levels. Even when they don't know, they they tap into it. Like when you when you look at the ocean for a, a long time and you get lost into your daydreams and those things, that when you lo lose the track of time, and that's part of the highest levels. So yeah, yeah. I always feel like like being highly sensitive, like living life more intensely. So the good things, like we have this ability. Yes, we have this ability to feel, we can feel very low, very drained, very sad, like really feel it deeply and it can seem like, ah, oh, so tough, mm -hmm. right? But it also means we have this possibility to feel joyful, but like so joyful, so yes. happy sometimes. And... So like we can feel love and as you said, the connection to the universe, to nature, to animals, to to others to like watching the ocean can make like watching the ocean for 20 minutes doing nothing else than watching the ocean like we really watch it we don't need uh -huh. anything else at that moment and it's like amazing and, it's a chance it's like we, we can observe, connect to the world exactly and observe it's like being very alive. as much as we it is being extra extra, extra alive and as much as we absorb um you know negative energy sometimes knowing that We have we can learn how to not absorb, but also like how how amazing it is is it to be able to look at people, observe people, and feel the joy that they feel, even though you don't know how, you have no idea what's happening in their life. But you know, being very present. And uh, I remember one day that sitting on the beach and looking at this little boy and his dad uh, teaching him how to surf. And this little boy was like, I don't know, three years old. And there was so much joy emanating from him. I was staring at him for, I don't know how long. And it was amazing. I felt so good just watching at, watching him. So this is, those are gifts that maybe not everybody, every highly sensitive person is aware of. But when they start realizing that it's in them, they're going to do more of that and they're going to create more joy and that, that's going to raise their energetic vibration. So it's all part of a, a practice. It's a practice. It's working on, so, on that every day. So would you say then like being aware of your present moment and also like using this skill, this ability to find joy in what you do, but also in others around you, like what you see, it also helps you to raise your energy, energetical vibration? 100%. 100%, yes. Mm. Is it something that you did uh, on yourself, like you practice yourself to get out of your burnout? Did you work on that or well, did you, is it something um, that you discovered later? So I, I 
Beca I started to become aware of that in the retreat because in the retreat uh, that I've done just after my burnout, it was all about meditating and being in the moment and journaling and uh, I had nothing else to do. So I did that. And that's when I started to really meditate seriously. And meditation helped me to really realize the power of being present and, and connect to a biggest, something bigger than me. So yes, I, I, I started to be aware then, and then I, I, I practice this awareness and I made it more present. Like I, I've been, I've been, be, I've been teaching my brain to be more aware of those moments so I can reproduce them more. That makes sense. Yeah. I totally relate. Meditation helps a lot. I... I find personally, oh my God. I don't meditate all the time. There are times in my life where I feel like I really want to have a meditation practice. And sometimes I feel it's restrictive for me or constrictive. Yeah. And I don't want to. I know you don't like the... Yeah. yeah, it's just that I've come to see that maybe for me, it's being rigid. Like there are many ways to meditate, let's say. So for example, for me, meditating exactly. can be like, you see how, you know how I place my, this desk, for example, I put it in the middle of the room because there's the window in the middle of my wall. And exactly if I, according to the angle of my desk, like where I put it, I can see from my window, I can see the grass. Uh, some trees and then I can see the sky so I have all of that whereas if I put it more in the corner I would see the neighbor's house for example but so like sometimes I just sit at my desk and when I feel like I, I need to retreat within me or within from from doing i need to be to be uh, instead of doing i just like for me it could be just like i sit like that and i uh, i'm watch. watching right now so and i just watch yeah, at, the that's sky, meditation. Look at the sky yeah for me that's that can be meditation i, I just think yeah. sometimes we can mistakenly believe the dogma um that says or oh, meditating is sitting down closing your eyes and chanting or doing like yeah or whatever you need and it's not no, it swimming is meditation walking and looking at the ocean is a is a is a kind of meditation so there is many different things but yeah i do i sometimes it's actually easier for me to sit down and meditate than going for a swim so i i would do that but you can mix a lot of things do you think you could have gained all these uh, learnings and transformation without doing a retreat, like what was specific about a retreat format that helped you? So good question. I think that this retreat saved me like, uh, I don't know how many months of recovery to be very honest with you. So I know I was very lucky to be able to do what I did. Um, if I didn't have this retreat, I probably would have needed to ask for help um like as soon as it happened so I, I somehow the retreat replaced getting help from someone um and the fact that i also worked a lot on my inside like the my digestive system and 
it, it really made a difference in how long I was recovering of burnout because some people, they, they, they go through burnout and it takes years because they don't ask any help. They go through that by themselves and they just struggle and struggle to get back to their normal and it can take years. Uh, but it doesn't have to take that time. You just, you need help. You need some kind of help, whether it's uh, a professional or family member or a retreat or really burnout is something that when it happens, you need to stop doing everything. There is nothing you can really do. So you need someone to help you stop. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You need to reset and you need, I find that the retreat, what is good is that it takes you away from the, the setting where you usually are. So it kind of, Oh yeah. It's a physical and emotional and energetical break from all that is draining yes. you. Yes. And Bali is such a, like, I mean, it, it was such a magical place, you know, like it's very healing as well. Uh, but yeah. obviously it's not because maybe when it's, if, if someone is going through burnout and listening to that, you don't need to go to Bali on a retreat to, 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 to get better. No, what you need to do is to stop everything and to tell your loved ones what you're going through um, and to get some help somehow, because you, it will take you so much longer if you go through that by yourself and it will be much harder. So get some help, talk to somebody and, and take it from there and know that it's going to pass. But for it to pass, you do need to make some changes. Yes, you need to do things differently and you need a reset. A burnout is a, is a signal. Hey, stop. Oh, yeah. Stop what you're yeah. doing. That's a red flag. Mm -hmm. yeah. Red redirect. Redirect. <laughs> Okay, um, I have a few wrapping up questions. Uh -huh. I'd like you to tell me what does it mean for you being an empowered, sensitive and creative? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, what does that mean for me to be a power, empowered and empowered, sensitive? Okay. And I, yeah, I, for me, it means, I guess that you're, uh, you're true to yourself, your sensitive self, and you stopped trying to hide this part of you uh, and you became pride or proud of, of your sensitivity. For me, that's, that's what makes an empowered, sensitive person and sensitive soul, because then once you, once you get to this stage, you unlock your creativity. Uh, and that's, that's, yeah, that's the secret. Loving who you are and showing who you are uh, with pride. I love that. Which means, which also can mean if you are at the moment level one in your energetic scale, loving you, loving yourself anyway, right? Exactly. I, I mean, maybe, Not maybe it can yourself. sound hard. It's like, stop blaming yourself and know that you have so much power in yourself and you can decide, you can choose, you have the choice. That's empowering. I love that. And if you were a color, what color would you be? Yellow. I love yellow. Like uh, warm yellow, you know? Warm yellow. Yeah. And a texture? Can water be a te is texture? Is yes, uh, I guess. Kind of. It's a texture element. that we cannot grasp. <laughs> Fluid. Well, you, but you can feel it. You can feel the water. Yeah, you can feel it, but you cannot 
you cannot grasp. hold it. Like, okay. You cannot keep it. That's... You can grasp, right? It's like so. It's very free. It's it's very free. I like that. I would be water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a scent. What's coming to me is like a fleur d'oranger. I don't know how you say. Oh, like yeah. I love this Orange smell. Orange blossom. It's, yeah. Orange blossom. That's it. I would be that. I love that. And a sound. <laughs> a sound. A, a whale. Uh, a whale scream, like a whale sound. You know oh, those uh, whales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. So interesting. <laughs> um, I love those questions. If, yeah, me too. I think it's interesting to imagine someone uh, in a different way. Like, uh huh. Yeah, I like that. Connecting to our senses, right? Yeah. If a genie appeared and granted mm. you three wishes, what would they be? So that would be to uh, be able at some point in my life to live in the same country than my parents and sister and partner and his family. That would be a dream. Like it's, it would be very hard to make it happen, but that would be the dream. So uh, my second dream would be to uh, write a book. So I've always loved writing and I started to write a book uh, years ago in French. Um, I had to stop because, you know, life happens and you get busy and you start a business. So it was all too much, but that was, that would be one of my biggest dream is to have a book published and, uh, and share, spread the love, you know, like I have that. And the third one would be to, um, actually be able to really scale my business at the moment, like, which is still a small business and to really provide for my family and my loved ones uh, with with this uh, with what I'm doing because that's what makes me feel alive and uh, I really want to to be able to live from that in the long future on the long term. I love that. It reminded me something I wanted to say when you said that it took you one year and a half from your coaching um, training, like to when you had your burnout to your coaching training to actually make it a, a business. I wanted to say things take time. So like people, sometimes they tend to get like often we, we give up, like people give up because transformation or things don't happen as fast as we, we wish for. And sometimes it, it takes time. And when you think about it, when you're in a half, two years, it's not that long in the, in the no. scheme of things. And yeah, how long? So oh. you've had your business two Thanks years Thanks for now? saying that. So I started the business in 20, in 21 and um but but there is a difference between starting the business and being able to live from it so it took a while to be able to do that full time um so now it's been only since january so i i started in 20, mid 2021 and only in the beginning of 23 i left my second job so i, I could actually uh, support myself with just the coaching business um so that yeah it does take time and thanks for saying that because even if we know that uh, as coaches that it's some even us like we go through those periods of doubts and you know because it takes time and sometimes you wish that you could just find a journey and make it happen um yeah it's it's a matter of being consistent and and keep keep working towards it yeah Sure. Yes, it's not only about wishing. Of course, it's important to have the intention, but it takes time. And we should not hold this as a reason to beat ourselves. 
um, and think that we are failures and that we are a victim that oh because i'm doing things wrong it's not that it's just yeah. it takes time and business is hard doing something like from the heart and creative i think being a coach is creative uh kind of you need to be creative with your mind and your strategies and your flexibility of apprehending life so it's definitely community it, it, it takes time and but it's worth it that's so true isn't it it is so worth and it as you, it's so worth it and uh and and it's okay to have a, a part-time job like you had you had another job right you said you had a second job so yeah we can yes. do both at the same time it doesn't have to be one or the other yeah it, i i wish i i left it before because i actually i hang on to it from by fear i was scared of uh, letting it go um and when i let it go i realized that i could have let it go before but it was my sense of security so i needed that to you know to yeah. and it's it's very yeah, valid to it's take the leap to feel safe. yeah yeah what, what job was it if you don't mind sharing i was working in a so i had a conflict on, of value there actually i was working in e-commerce for prada uh which is not a brand that i really value <laughs> i mean there are many many things that i don't relate with this brand um so it was actually a bit difficult for me to go through this time because one part of me knew why i was doing it but another part of me was not very uh, align with that you know and uh so it was good for me to let it go it served its purpose uh, when you needed it yes. and then it was time to go definitely okay, amazing it was lovely catching up with you and before it we go so can you tell us if like where people can find more about you if people want to work with you no more about yes. your work and so uh, my main my main platform at the moment is instagram um, so i'm uh, you can find me uh, under at the underscore hsp underscore coach and um, from there you can send me a message or uh, follow me if you just want to see what i'm what i'm talking about and get a sense of, of what i'm doing and on the link in my bio you can also book uh, any free clarity call so like it's, it would be a one hour discussion completely free with no pressure where we can discuss about you where you're coming from where you want to go what are your struggles and your motivations to be like in this call for the first time and then see if um, you know we connect and we are a good match to work together so instagram is a is a, is the way to find me and i'm working on building a, a website at the moment which will probably be online by the end of this year i have whatsapp if that's easier so maybe you can give my contact in the you know in this podcast like yeah. if people want was... to reach out yeah yeah, I was going to say, I would put the link in the show notes, of, of course. Yeah, of uh, course. So it's easier to click. Thanks for that, directly. And, uh, It was so lovely. So I love this discussion. Me too. Thank you for and inviting me. Yes. And uh, we are lovely chatting the with you. And have a good night. You too. Have a good day. And I speak to you soon. It is that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. 
What really stood out to me was this notion that most of us go through life without ever being conscious of those levels of energy and the power that they have on the way we experience life in all of our relationships. Also, how great that Laura experienced such a big shift in that retreat in Bali because I wholeheartedly believe in the transformative power of retreats. Retreats are an incredible way to fast-track recovery, working on the mind-body-spirit connection, which is so important for HSPs. For me, retreats are like a great holistic way to reset your energy, helping you to approach your life and your creativity with a brand new energy. It's an emotional, physical, energetical pause from all that is draining you, really. And on top of that, there's this notion of connection and support with other people, like-minded people, which I found is really so valuable for our well-being as human beings. This is exactly why I created the Regenerative Retreats for the Empowered, Sensitive and Creative Souls. Our next edition that is planned is next June 2024. And it will be in magical Provence in south of France. It will be an enchanted interlude in the biosphere reserve of Luberon Regional Nature Park. If this feels like something right for you, I would like to invite you to embark with us on a regenerative and joyful immersion in the magical beauty of Provence. Soak in its colors, textures, scents, sounds and flavors and form meaningful connections with people who get you particularly beautiful in June, with the various shades of greens of the Garrig and the azure blue sky, the vibrant ochres of the Provencal Colorado is a natural paradise that invites your heart to soar. This amazing retreat will touch on all your senses and all aspects of your being, physical, emotional, mind, creative and soul. You'll walk the ochre canyons, listen to the sounds of wildlife, share laughter, give free rein to your creative expression, and relax into rediscovering lost dreams and new possibilities as you celebrate and uncover the next chapter of your life. We will meet our inner wisdom through mindful and creative practices led by me and other local healers. Sketching, drawing, watercolor painting, wildlife bird song reflexology, walks in nature, a cooking workshop and a herbalist walk. By the end of our five nights together, you'll be relaxed, re-inspired and ready to dive into the next chapter of your life with clarity and newfound confidence in yourself. Join us from the 6th of June to 11th of June 2024 for this unique and intimate retreat for sensitive and creative souls. There are only a few spots available, so make sure to book yours. And if you're not sure if this is the right retreat for you and you would like to talk more about it, you can book a clarity session, like a retreat clarity session with me. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if it has inspired you, please share it around you. Also, if you feel called to it, please subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review. It really helps to spread the word out. All your questions are welcome. You can send them to me on Instagram at rim.creativenergy.com or email me via my website rim.creativenergy.com and don't worry, I'll share in the show notes exactly where to find me. Until next time, sending you loving creative energy.